This is Chloe, and I'm about to tell you a story of the Nazis, in particular, Henrik Himmler. He was one of the most infamous war criminals of the 20th century. He met Hitler in 1919 and joined the Nazi party in 1923. He participated in the coup that was led by Hitler, the Beer Hall Push, later that year. After its failure, he left the party and became a chicken farmer. Okay, wait a minute. What's a coup? It's kind of like a riot. Okay. But in his case, um, it was kind of a waste of time because it failed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so after he became a chicken farmer, the economy in Germany started to deteriorate. And so that actually became unsuccessful as well. Mm. And therefore he rejoined the Nazis. So after returning, Himmler was appointed head of the Nazi Schutzstaffel. But from now on, we're going to be calling it the SS. And that was in 1929. Along, he was also also running with the um, Gestapo. So not only was he head of the SS, he was also leader of the Gestapo as well. Okay, so he went from a chicken farmer to the head of something. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Guy gets around. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> and so, by the way, the Gestapo was their secret police for Nazi Germany. And later, he would actually merge the two. He would merge Gestapo into the SS, so therefore he would only be over the SS. And that's where they actually oversaw the creation of multiple concentration camps and the exterminations of Slavs, Jews, and many others. By the time Himmler was appointed head of the SS, it was consisted of 300 men, but in 1934, he had increased the numbers to 200,000 men. Like Hitler... Himmler wanted as much power as he could obtain, hence why he was determined to increase the size of the SS. Later, he would actually be considered the second most powerful Nazi in Germany. Because of his determination for power, the SS competed for authority with the Sturmabteilung, or otherwise the SA, which was led by Ernst Röhm. The SA, or they were also called the Brown Shirts, was founded in 1920 and was the original paramilitary wing of the Nazi party. The divide between Hitler and Rome increased until Hitler saw the SA as the sole threat to his takeover of Germany. So he ordered the killing of Rome and the senior members of the SA. Himmler helped instigate this showdown with the SA that would later be called the Night of Long Knives. Himmler also benefited from the SA's downfall because that meant he would have even more control. He wasn't a nice person. No, he was not. One thing that needs to be noted about the SS is that it's the main group responsible for rounding up targeted groups and to send them to concentration camps or extermination camps. Okay, so what's the difference between those two? So concentration camps were where they sent their political prisoners to, and they were technically, they had a sentence, and they were supposed to be let free at the end of it. But for extermination camps, that was where they would send like the Jewish um, citizens to, along with anyone else of that kind of um, like the Slavs and so forth of the ethnicity they would send there and there wouldn't be any kind of sentence. There was no freedom at the end of a certain time period. It, that was their final days. So that was the final solution for them. Okay. But in 1933, Himmler actually built the Dachau concentration camp, which was the first of the 18 he would actually construct. Unlike Hitler and the rest of the top ranked in the Third Reich, Himmler would actually frequently visit these camps. Why would he visit the camps? That's actually a really good question. Um, some people say it's because he wanted to like admire 
what he did and so forth. He his work. Def- yeah, his work. He wanted to admire his work. I know for him, too, he was also married, so sometimes he would even take his wife there to go look at it. He was definitely a weird guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, very. Very. On March 20th, 1933, Himmler announced his camp's construction of Dachau and had justified it on the grounds of state security. The camp would fall under SS command after the Munich police left, leaving behind 200 prisoners. After the SS arrived, they indulged in extreme violence where four Jewish prisoners lost their lives and there were further murders from the prisoners dying of mistreatment or trying to escape and getting shot. The Munich's prosecutor's office did become involved in the, with the unaccountable deaths of the four prisoners, where Wintersberger, a public prosecutor, demanded an explanation from Himmler and showed him the photographs of the disfigured corpse, but nothing came of it. One thing about Himmler is that he was able to come up with ways to get himself out of trouble or to make an excuse as to what happened and why. So he was never held accountable for what occurred. No, it pretty much got pushed under the rug. Ah. For example, before Himmler constructed the camp at Dachau, he gave a press conference on March 12, 1933, where he commented on the mass arrests he had during these preceding days. During his speech, he says, and I quote, I felt compelled to do this because in many parts of the city there has been so much agitation that has been impossible for me to guarantee the safety of those, in- those individuals who provoked it. For us, a citizen of the Jewish faith is just as much as a citizen of those who are not. End quote. So, honestly, this just makes him come across as like a caring person to the Jewish people, which, of course, he definitely was not. He wasn't. It was like he was doing them a favor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, it was like he was doing them a favor and so trying from, to keep them safe. Yeah. But he really wasn't. No, definitely not. Okay. Definitely not. And so. A lot of people would accept this reasoning as to why he did it. And in my opinion, they mainly did it because it was something they could accept. Even whether or not it was true or not. Right. They were just, there was a reasoning as to why he did it. And so they just took it because it was such an overwhelming event for them as to why this just had happened. So they just went along with it because it explained things, Mm -hmm. but it just wasn't explained correctly. Yes. Gotcha. Later, towards the end of the war, Himmler's SS grew increasingly powerful as an offensive military force. Because of it, Himmler was made Minister of Interior in 1943 and later as the head of the German replacement army. However, Himmler would be seen as a traitor to Hitler when the war started to unfold and show that Germany was on the brink of losing. At the time of Germany's downfall, Hitler was very out of touch with the events happening, so Himmler took it into his own hands at trying to save Germany. Himmler had an open discussion with a Swedish diplomat about Germany's surrender, but the negotiation was unsuccessful and done without Hitler's knowledge. Once Hitler found out, he was furious and stripped Himmler of his ranks and charged him with treason. Clearly, all good things must come to an end. But fortunately for Himmler, a day later, Hitler had committed suicide because of Germany's defeat and the communication about Himmler's treason was never passed on. So, yet again, he wasn't held accountable for anything. Yes. He's very lucky when it comes to not being held accountable. Exactly. Himmler would try to reach out multiple times about Germany's surrender, once to the United States and another to General Dwight D. Eisenhower, who was Supreme Commander of the Allied Forces in Europe. Himmler was to have Germany surrender if he wasn't prosecuted, but Eisenhower ignored his request. After Germany fell, Himmler used false documents and disguised himself to avoid arrest, 
but he was captured in May 1945 by the British military. Before he was tried for his war crimes, he committed suicide in captivity, showing that Hitler and he were more alike in more ways than one. Overall, Himmler caused a lot of devastation that would happen in Nazi Germany regarding the concentration and extermination camps that would lead to the tragic event of the Holocaust. Overall, I would say that Hitler wouldn't have been able to go as far as he did in Germany if it wasn't for supporting players like Himmler. So Himmler, like Hitler, was no, never held accountable for his actions. No. No, they were not. They were not going to face what they had done. Because they were both cowards. Yes. So, if you would like to learn more about how Hitler and the Nazi Party rose to power, there will be a museum exhibit dedicated to that topic, which will elaborate more on how Hitler captured his audiences through his speeches and how other members of the Nazi Party, like Himmler, were making their own decisions about Germany's fate.